If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 388 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Andy Townsend of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a... A very, very interesting week in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, actually, do you know what? We're, we're not going to be talking about it all, though, because we're talking about Cage Warriors. We want to give that a massive breakdown. That's the biggest card this weekend. We're going to look ahead to UFC 281 because that's a massive card as well. And also a little bit of the European MMA as well for next week. This week's UFC, we have to record a little bit early. There was a few logistical problems and stuff that we couldn't get to. Uh, so the lads on the next day takeaways will have you covered for or the takeaways, not the next day takeaways anymore. Uh, that'll be out Tuesday morning for a full-on recap and if you have any questions well you can send them in for the Q&A uh, but uh, today yeah we're going to be looking at Cage Warriors and we are going to be looking at um, ahead to UFC 281 the massive card as well but before we get into all of that we must tell you that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our our very very good friends over at Manscaped and you know what Manscaped are, uh, are in Tesco now and uh, it's absolutely uh, brilliant that they're in Tesco and all our Irish fans can uh, can check them out in there and get 20% off as well over at manscaped.com with free shipping using that promo code severe MMS just in time for Christmas now is not too far away Graham Jesus we're into we're into November now we're only what six seven weeks away from Christmas not too long now so uh, it's time to get your uh, your crotch looking nice uh, that means sipping Arthur's Day in, in the autumn breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease make sure to swing by Tesco and pick up the lawnmower 4.0 as I said our manscaped.com with the promo code severe MMA for 20% off and a free shipping you heard it here first lads Manscaped is taking over Ireland whether you're brand new or already with us at Manscaped you could use the crown jewel of care for your family jewels, the Elon Moore 4.0. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimised trimmer that makes shaving your favourite time in the bathroom. Man, if you're looking for shaving uh, uh, with the same uh, nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. Uh, no person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. Absolutely not. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer uh, features the proprietary skin... Exa- uh, Jesus, I fucked that up badly. The proprietary advanced skin safe technology. I've been saying it for about two years now. You think I could fucking say it? It's about. Uh, it's also waterproof, um, so you can keep escaping even when the weather changes. Did I mention it's wireless charging as well? Does it's absolutely brilliant electromagnetic induction. Battery lasts even longer, so it's absolutely fantastic. Weed whacker. Um, 
uh, ear and nose ear trimmer. I was saying there a couple of weeks ago, I lost my own. I actually found it again today and gave it to my father. So he's absolutely delighted. I should have kept it. His birthday's in a couple of weeks and just gave it to him. I think I gave it to him once already for his birthday. I could have given it to him twice, but sure, look, these things happen. Um, the Weed Rocker is also waterproof and also has that proprietary skin safe technology, nailed it, which helps reduce nags. Na- nags? Shna- it doesn't help really produce nags. Uh, nicks, snags, tugs in those delicate holes. So make sure to swing by Tesco and pick up these products for yourself, your father, your brother, even your your grandpa everyone needs a trim and what better time to start uh when the leaves are coming off the branch so go to manscaped.com or head over to tesco um well you can't do the tesco but you could do the manscaped.com and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code severe mayor you can have a look at them in tesco that's what i said and in order manscaped.com uh so yeah do that stop acting the maggot and get the grip with manscaped now available at tesco ireland right graham let's get straight into it Oh, Lord Almighty, this Cage Warriors car, we, we, we're literally recording this just after it in, so we're still kind of hot and bothered here, I think. It was, uh, it, look, it was it was one of those cards where the, the fights were, they were, they were either terrible or brilliant, it felt like. <laughs> this whole car, they were either absolute snoozers and the decisions, or they're absolutely brilliant fights. And you know what, I'll kind of take that rather than a bunch of kind of averagely okay fights, but the main event... Yeah. The main event, the main event, Graham. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, yeah, the, the main event was was brilliant. You know, obviously, the walk-ins. <laughs> we'll talk about the walk-ins for a second. They took absolutely ages to walk in the first time uh, they fought. And the second time, they, they definitely... Maybe it's some kind of... Paul Hughes is trying to play some kind of psychological thing, making his opponent wait or something. Or maybe he's just so relaxed and enjoying the moment or whatever. But it went on a long time. And at the start of the... the the fight, the first round, he, Paul Hughes kind of was feeling it out a little bit. He he maybe was a little bit, possibly a little bit too relaxed, and maybe uh, possibly I don't know what your thoughts on it. Well, maybe lost that round. I think that was the closest round of the, of the fight. It could have went either way, really close. But from then on, he just took over and started landing his shots and grew in confidence and didn't even seem to respect. Uh, Vucinic's uh, striking uh, as the fight went on. He just seemed to be uh, really comfortable in the pocket, landing his shots, landing knees, mixing it up. Uh, when it hit the, the mat, he was able to scramble to dominant positions, take the back, put the body strangle on and just dominate the fight, land damage, cut him open with, with uh, several, or he cut him open at least twice anyway with big cuts uh, on the face. Uh just a really, really dominant performance from Paul Hughes. Like I thought, Paul Hughes is going to going to win this fight in a, in a really close, uh, maybe a lot of the rounds as close as the first round, but he showed he was on another level tonight. I thought he 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 just as he grew into the fight and he just took over and he, he just he just beat Jordan everywhere. He really did, and I'll uh, I'll say the first part first about the the walkouts because I think I could probably go overboard about the fight itself because I'm so hyped after it, but. Like the walkouts, the, the Hughes walkout. I think Hughes, look, he. I think he tries a bit too hard with that. There, no, I'm not going to say many bad things about Paul Hughes today because I have a lot of good things coming. But yeah, uh, like Paul Hughes, he, he needs a sing along song or something. If there's a sing along going or something, the Grace one was perfect. Be. But didn't that other rap song that nobody in the crowd heard? I don't know. It's probably like some famous Kendrick Lamar song or something. No, but I did not. No one in the crowd knew it, and he was singing. Well, and we're, no we're one else was. Bogies here, but like, yeah, the crowd didn't seem to. Respond didn't know either. either. No, it was it was just it was so I was like crying laughing. It was so cringy. It was like oh my god, but uh, I don't know. But like 
I feel like I wouldn't wait around though, like you know, while your yeah. opponent's walking in doing all that. You're probably like, here, fuck's sake, mate, come on, hurry up there, will you? Yeah, and, and I, he's, like, I think Charlie... to the camera and all. Your body's like, <laughs> yeah. he's this fucking guy. Like it probably yeah. does roll you up in fairness. <laughs> I don't think for like I don't think Paul Hughes means to do that. I just think like. I think he's trying to be cool and failing, but then it actually works in his favor because I think like if you are Vucinic watching that, you're probably thinking, oh, this fucking goofball. He already doesn't like this guy, and he's like, this fucking guy. How yeah. long is he gonna take to get into that fucking cage? And then Vucinic tried to do it to him as well. No, Vucinic's last walkout was kind of similar, but it was way better and way cooler. This one was pretty good, I think. Like Vucinic was better, but I think he tried to slow down to match kind of Hughes's level as well. And you know, I don't think it worked for him. But look, the walkouts weren't uh, weren't a massive part of it either. But once the fight got started, oh god, it was it was an absolute epic. I agree with you that uh, Vucinic won the first. It was a very much kind of a feeling out process, and it was a weird one because I got the feeling that this fight changed very very quickly in terms of my feelings towards it. Because my feeling the first, but and I've written down here in my notes, very close. Jordan hits a little harder, and I tweeted exactly what you said uh, after the first round very close round I think that's going to be like what, what I'm saying a lot tonight you know I thought it was going to be you know maybe four close rounds one dominant one and go to a decision or five close rounds or whatever it might be or you know three out of the five or whatever uh, and that was the only real close round we had you know the, the, the rest of the rounds there was talks of 10 I think one judge gave like all uh, all the rest of the rounds I don't know I'll have to look at the cards actually but there was I think, uh, Ransom gave a second fourth and fifth 10-8 to yeah so a lot of yeah a lot of 10-8s were, uh, were given in this fight and you know not not too uh, undeserved but my point there about the, the fight changing from how I was looking at it so you, it went from Jordan Vucinic landing a little harder to Paul Hughes landing way harder from maybe the exact point where he landed that head kick in the start of the second to the f- uh, the fact that it brought the fight to the floor then and this was I think there was two changing points in this fight it was this when he hit, uh, not just when he landed the head kick but when Vucinic went for the takedown and the fight went to the floor and Hughes just dominated the transitions again and dominated the wrestling now you you look at that right and if you've if you hadn't seen the first fight or if this was their first fight and that happened I don't think it'd be a big deal um, if he just like got the back and dominated that and then you know went to the end of the round or whatever and we started the next round at one all or whatever what this showed was Vucinic had went into his last fight he had won by a submission everyone was talking about how he's so much better on the ground now than he once was and Hughes won't have that uh, advantage but in this fight Hughes immediately showed he still had the advantage and you know what I think it was an even bigger advantage he decimated him on the ground he he dominated the transitions he dominated when he was on top he took the back and dominated got the body triangle dominated at the end of the, that round then um you know, he, he landed a lot of shots and just, you know, took the rest around. And it wasn't like, it, I, I, I don't think it was a 10-8. I don't know, some people gave it a 10-8. I thought it was close enough. But when the fight got into the third, it was close early. Vucinic was probably landing more. But in the last minute, Hughes landed those big shots again. And even before... Even in the, the last 20 seconds. Or in the last 20 seconds as well. But before that, I thought for the last minute, Hughes landed two lovely jabs. He landed a knee and then he landed another knee in that last 20 seconds. Uh, and cut your, I, I'm not sure if it was the knee or like the, the, I think Ian was saying it was a left hook right hand after it uh, as well that he landed and like that cut that was a massive change point so I think the takedown the transitions in the first round in, sorry in the second round and that last 20 seconds of the third round just really really changed it what what did you think of that portion of the fight like I, I'm 
uh, usually I say maybe am I reading into something too much in terms of the transitions and win on the ground but I don't think I am I think it took away a bit of confidence that Jordan had and I think it gave Hughes even more confidence to say right I'm winning this fight I'm dominating and then he kind of transitioned that transition into dominating on the feet as well at times and landing yeah. those bigger shots yeah, like, you know, Jordan had kind of clawed his way back into the fight in the third round in, in, in a little bit if, if he had a, kind of held on to kind of make that a, you know, raise a close round either way that you could have given to him and maybe put him uh, on some cards 2-1 up and then he's in, a, he's in a really good position. But the, the way the round ended and the way Hughes kind of, uh, like, cut him open and uh, landed landed such uh, damaging shots, at the, at, as you said, the last minute or especially in the last 20 seconds, I, I thought... Uh, it seemed to it seemed to swing the fight comfortably towards Hughes, and from then on, it just seemed like a you know a foregone conclusion that this decision was going to Hughes or he was going to finish the fight. Which you know he he didn't really come super close to it any time, but you know uh, one big shot after a knockdown or something like that, and maybe he could he could, he could have got the finish. But you know a really uh, you know a really 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 good performance from from Hughes. But Vucinich did try his best to kind of. To kind of make it a close fight, I kind of thought it was going to be, but he just was outmatched uh, way more than I thought he was going to be going into it. And as you said, like you know, the improvements that Butchinich had made uh, that were talked about, or mainly due to the submission that you mentioned. You know, Hughes has been over in a different camp as well, working on his game. He's improving fight to fight as well, and you know, uh, there was there was. There was moments in the fight where where he didn't have it all his own way early on, but I think from that minute, the minute, uh, the last minute of the third round on onwards, he just really came into his own, and really showed uh, flow in in his and confidence in his all round game, and just just he just dominated. And I think if they, they could have fought all night, and he and he would have continued dominating, and you know it's a hard one to take for for Jordan because you know he obviously had the real belt and had the win over Paul Hughes in the, in the history books. And, you know, this is a kind of you, you talked about as who's going to sign for the UFC. So th- this is a, this is a hard one to take for him. I think. hundred percent. Yeah. Like there are two top prospects. Make no mistake about that. Whoever won, whoever lost tonight, both of them would still be uh, a good fighter afterwards. And we must say that as well. Cause like, you know, to the victor goes the spoils, but the, the person who came out with the, the, the last tonight deserves a lot of credit yeah. too. Cause he wouldn't be fighter. such an exciting win for Paul Hughes. If it was, yes. you know, if he did this to anybody in just a normal cage warriors fighter or like a cage warriors champion who is kind of unproven at the, as yeah. being the kind of undisputed champion or undisputed, one of the best in the division or one of the best, up and comers or whatever so you know if uh, the praise and the excitement that we have for Paul Hughes's performance is because of how good we know Jordan is and how good he's proved himself to be in Cage Warriors yeah without a shadow of a doubt no, no doubt about that well said and I think like you look as well at that fight as, as you know. I talk, we talked through the first three rounds, and you, you know, you talked there about the, the cut and the big knee and the big uh, left hand at the end of the third round. Like you look at the way that Hughes started, started landing these shots in the early in the fourth and early in the fifth, and the effect they had on Vucinic. Like look compared to the first. Like I was saying, it looked like Jordan hit a little bit harder, and in the fourth and fifth, it looked like Hughes was the one with with the TNT in 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 his uh, in his. Right yeah, hand it looked mostly. like Hughes could go all day as well, and that yeah. must be a hard thing to you know. Vucinich taking a lot of damage, and he's looked a bit like he was getting a bit tired, and Hughes is just in his face the whole time, or on his back the whole time, or just dominating the whole time, and it's 
you know, it's a difficult position to be in and he did well to survive positions, but, you know, uh, the fourth and fifth round, I can see why they were giving us 10 eights on a, on, a, on a, a couple of the judges' scorecards because it was pretty dominant and he was in kind of full defensive mode. It was just a waterfall for poor old Vujinic really in this fight, wasn't it? Because you, you think about Hughes and like, how would he get tired in this fight? And there was no real opportunity if you look at the whole fight. Now, look, if something had, had changed and, you know, we know how quickly MMA fights can change. But the way it went, like the end of the winning, getting the takedown in the first, taking the air out of Vujinic, winning the in, sorry, in the, in the second, taking the air out of Vujinic after a close first that didn't take too much out of either of them, winning towards the end uh, of the second then landing the big shots towards the end of the third and cutting him. It's all like a downhill waterfall for Jordan Wojcic. Landed loads yeah, shots loads of in the demoralizing fight. moments yeah, as, the, so as the many, fight progressed. There was no demoralizing moment in the whole fight for Hughes. And that is why he won it. He won the big moments. We always talk about that in other sports. Because let's say the game of soccer. It's always like that. Like If you win a penalty... Or you, or, or you don't get a penalty it's the difference between you know nil all or one nil or maybe one nil uh, one way or one nil the other way you could go up the field and score the, the other way around you know it's a, it's a massive massive difference those big moments but we rarely say that in MMA because it is a 21 uh, you know a, 20, a 25 minute fight sorry or a fight that can end in those one big moment but to have like four, five, six big moments throughout the fight and win every single one of them that is massive for Paul Hughes and he did he won all of those big moments against the guy who in the last fight it, they kind of shared the big moments I suppose or maybe Hughes won Hughes probably did win more of the big moments in the first fight but there weren't as many big moments and it was a closer fight and it was more nip and tuck and that just shows you how much Hughes has actually improved since the first fight and it is a lot it really really is a lot and that's credit to him and he's you know getting through injuries first of all then as you said going out to, to Kill Cliff MMA formerly Sanford MMA training there training with in FAI you know who'll be right up there towards the top uh, for uh Irish Jimmy the year again after producing Hughes as the champion here uh, they do great work and you know he's training partners with Joe McCulligan and other people as well a fantastic fantastic job and look we have to look forward I suppose to Paul Hughes going to the UFC I, I don't think there's any doubt about it now you, so you look at some fighters and you say um, Right, they won the championship. They probably need maybe to defend it. They may maybe need one, two more fights to get to the UFC. Paul Hughes was in a position a few years ago where people were talking about, you know, Mads Burnell was at the top of the division. Should Paul Hughes, like, kind of bypass that and go straight to the UFC? There was talks of the Dana White Contender Series. Then, you know, when he got to the to the, the, the Virginia fight, first of all, when he got to the title then after that, and now he's, like... It feels like Paul Hughes, even though he's only what ten fights into his career, it, it feels like he is uh, a little bit like Paddy Pimblet, you know, because Paddy Pimblet was going to go to the UFC once, going to go to the UFC again, signed back with Cage Wars. For Hughes, it was injuries, it was the loss, it was a couple of setbacks. And now he's back there again. Like, he is more than ready now. I think it's time, 10 fights into his career. There's lots of lads well uh, lower in terms of ability, especially, but in terms of experience than Paul Hughes in the UFC at the moment. And I think, uh, I, I really think it's time. W would you like to see him sign straight away, Graham? Or, or would you like to see another bit of experience? The trilogy, maybe, even? I think the the way he dominated the fight, I think, you know, you could have made a case for, uh, you know, one all, let's go again uh, in terms of Jordan and uh, and Paul. But the way the, the way the fight went and how dominant it was, I think, you know, it's it's hard to sell that fight again as a as a, um, 
you know having the same jeopardy or having the same um uh yeah you know unknowing or not knowing what's going to happen uh unpredictability so um yeah i think i think it's hard to make that again and i don't think there's any contender in in cage warriors that you know people would say oh he needs to fight you know this guy they're like this guy's on that like you know are in line or whatever but there's nobody that you know the ufc are like oh well you have to prove yourself against this guy in my in my mind i think he's ready to go to the ufc i think you know, there was a lot of talk before this about whoever wins goes to the UFC, and sometimes we hear that uh, a lot. You know, around around fights like this, and it's it's just not true at all. But in this case, I do believe that you know the UFC will be the UFC matchmakers will be very impressed with that performance. They they know how good Jordan is, and you know uh, he has some top level wins in in Cage Warriors. He's he's a proven entity. He's a known entity. He's a known skill level, and Hughes went out there and dominated him. So. Yeah, I think I think the UC will be his next fight. What did you think of the way Hughes won? I know you mentioned it there, but what, what was the line again that Brad said that it was Jordan was like a side of beef or something? Was it? It was like he said it, his face looks like a side of raw beef. Yeah, <laughs> and that that if you didn't if anyone listened didn't see the fight, that tells you all you need to know. Maybe we didn't describe it well enough, but like in that fifth round, Hughes knocked Vucinich down, was on top. He didn't do much. And he was just kind of laying there on top of him after landing a few big shots. But it looked like Vucinic was like on the verge of just like tapping out because he was so beat up. The, the doctor almost stopped it at the end of the fourth round. It was a destruction. Like I I looked at the results here and on Sherdog I, I, just as I sat down here and I was like, oh yeah, it went to a decision. It, like it felt like a stoppage. It's one of those fights that when it went to a decision. Yeah, we it was all, done before it was done. Yeah, like, you know. <laughs> miles before it was done, yeah. And like it was one of those ones where if it wasn't a massive championship fight and things like that, yeah. and even then I think like maybe a towel should have come in because there was no coming back for Vucinic with three and a half minutes left uh, in that fifth round. I think if he started taking like big damage on the on the ground or something. Goddard I, definitely I think, would have stopped it, but he didn't. Yeah, I think, I think Goddard would have, like Goddard was kind of loitering over them a couple of times and he just didn't really find the moment and I was okay with it not being stopped, but yeah, you know, coaches probably should throw the tail in a lot more than they do but we, we very rarely see it in MMA and it would have been a surprise to me to see it here 100% and just to, I suppose a last word on Paul Hughes I remember uh, being at his debut in Bama 28 back in uh, the February 2017 and looking at it at that time and I, I pulled up a tweet that I said was like remember the name and you know that that the impressiveness of that the fight you know he fought Stephen O'Neill outside the cage warriors was kind of on to cage warriors and on to cage warriors and on to cage warriors about signing him he got one fight in cage warriors and then he was trying to get re-signed again he was supposed to fight in in Ireland it didn't work out and remember they were, they were kind of rowing over that at cage warriors 110 then he fought at 112 and at 116 against uh, Pineda and then uh, and Steve then he lost to Vucinic but came back against Hinden and Sharia and now this one as well uh, you know what is it five years uh, five and a half years after he made his debut just being a phenomenal fighter really exciting fighter it's been a, a joy to watch his journey to the UFC and hopefully this is uh, the end of the journey to the UFC and, and, and the start of another one uh, you know a, a tremendous tremendous fighter you know obviously we were laughing at the walkout and it was you know uh, he, he, he feels like at this stage a bit of a throwback fighter to like 
that era of fighters who used to always say, I'm the best in the world. And I feel like that's kind of gone away a bit because it became a bit passe or something. And, uh, you know, that's certainly, I, I, honestly, I don't think people like it that much, but he believes that it works for him. And I don't give a shit about that if he keeps fighting like he fights the way he fought tonight because it was absolutely fantastic. He's a f- brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fighter. And uh, long, may he, uh, long may he reign on top of the Cage Warriors division until he gets signed for the UFC. And uh, we can see him in there and, and get challenged again so I'm looking forward to that congratulations to Paul Hughes FA and all the, all the lads Go on. just before you move on there um, it was a bit weird I don't know if maybe I'm being barbaric here or something but uh, Goddard was giving out to Paul Hughes saying oh, watch where you put your chin watch where you put your face uh, yeah. keeping and it away from the cut it's like should weird. he really have to mind where he puts his head no. because you've been sliced open that's not his concern he like yeah. it's your fucking problem no? he said the gloves as well like and you know, don't it's like, fuck the off. It's not my fault yeah. he's leaking. Like, you he know did, what I mean? Did, like, yeah, he did say the I'm fingers. not like adjusting my position be- to like yes. make this guy more comfortable. Like, I, he did say the fingers at one stage, and that which yeah, is that was fine. That the was fingers, fine. Keep yeah. the fingers out of the cut. That's fine. But like, mm-hmm. watch where you're putting your head. Watch your chin. Like, what? What are you yeah. talking about? I, I thought, yeah, I did. I did think that was weird. Like. Mark Gwynn stopped the fight at that stage like you think it's so bad and it's so barbaric that a guy can't uh, reposition himself I don't know yeah I, I I wasn't the biggest fan of that but you know the judging was fantastic tonight the, the referee and I don't know there's a bit of I, I there's nothing worse than re- when referees like get involved in a fight too much and uh, there was a little bit of that tonight but overall we can't complain too much the, the, the officiating was pretty amazing but uh, you know yeah. there was some there was some like for Cage Warriors usually expect a pretty good level of production but there was some really bad yeah. production like those, those intro videos uh, on all but the main event horrible. you couldn't hear a word the fighters were saying with the music and yeah. the, the mix it was terrible and some of the camera work like usually you wouldn't even notice the camera work at the cage warriors which means it's it's very good but this time there was some angles and some shots that were just just bad I don't yeah. know what was going on there it was very glitchy at the start as well for like almost the f- full of the first fight and no fucking interviews come on Cage Warriors like we give Cage Warriors ca- like you know they're saying this is the biggest rematch like yeah. in Cage Warriors history and it is it probably is like I yeah. agree with that like, I said it too definitely, hi- definitely hype that but you know and you don't even have an interview with the guy when he fucking dominates ridiculous. Come on. Jesus Christ absolutely ridiculous and like, it's not as if they didn't have time or anything they were showing course. the crowd uh, Paul Hughes and the crowd and all afterwards like there was loads of time yeah, 100%. Like, play a replay of Paul Hughes, you know, jumping up in the cage, leave dead air for 15 seconds, have Brad Warren walk in, interview him, leave dead air for another 15 seconds till Brad Warren walks back to his, his chair. It's not a big deal. No one's going to care about that. You can absolutely do that. And then, you know, you can go and you can do the interview backstage again if you want to do that. It feels like they only want to do the interviews backstage for some reason. I don't know, maybe some people can guess why they want to do that, but... I, I hate it. Cage Warriors, you need to change that. I love Cage Warriors. They're, they're the best matchmaking. They have brilliant commentary. I thought Redzer was actually really good as well tonight. You know, Reds, they all, I, I, I hear the Dublin accent. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. I'm listening to fucking you all week and Andy and all the all the Dublin accents all week. And I have another one. But he was actually, I thought he was really good. Brad as always, fantastic. But Sorry for oh, cutting across you. Sorry for cutting across you, Brad. Sorry for cutting across you, Brad. He only did it once and he apologized like three times, yeah, to be fair. But, uh, oh, my again, God. Again, again, I'm sorry I cut across <laughs> sorry, you. Brad. Sorry there, man. Sorry, so I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah, get come on, Cage Warriors, get it fucking together with the interviews. Like Kaelin Lochran tried also get a new MC as well. If you could, but Kaelin Lochran tried to take the fucking mic off the MC because he couldn't get an interview. It's literally becoming laughable at this stage. Like, oh come on, come on, lads, you do everything so well. 
and ju- even if you just shoot keep it to yourself like in the a foot. one minute interview like a li- yeah. literally like two question interview come on like come on anyway let's move on talk about a few more fights uh james sheehan against jamie richardson uh look a close fight compared to the main event i think all, all fights are close fights but very close look, it, it was one of those fights that one round one was close um Richardson definitely won round two and Sheehan definitely won round three I thought Richardson landed a much better shots uh, in round two I thought he was hitting harder you know to the naked eye it was probably always a close round but I, I don't think so to be honest round three the pressure and the takedowns from Sheehan landed about 40 liver punches with the arm trapped around the back that. at the start I was like the first couple I was like ah that's a waste of time but then yeah. he landed about 150 of them I thought it looked like <laughs> when he had his arm stuck behind his back I was like <laughs> you could see him like making faces and shit I was yeah. like Jesus this is actually affecting him here and I was thinking about it like Jesus if you get punched in the exact same spot like a hundred times it probably fucking does really hurt like yeah Richardson eventually got out but Jim Sheehan just held on to him and uh well, like he was visibly him. he was showing the judges he was face, yeah. I thought that like this is damaging me because I was thinking this is damaging you know and he kind of confirmed it so like you need a better poker face for you that anyway. 100% so it all came down to the first round and really close it could have gone either way solid judging though all three judges gave it to uh, I haven't actually looked at it I assume all three judges gave it to James Sheehan I gave it to him as well I, I thought he did win and I thought he he just did enough and look another very good performance solid performance against a, a tough matchup against a guy who was a lot more experienced than him you know we talked about it being a step back up I suppose last week and he, he dealt with it very very well you know yeah. uh, you know 1-1 uh, and going into the third and then winning the third the way he did it that's yeah. that's a good good performance yeah, like it was a good performance, but I thought he got he was a bit it was a bit of a I don't know uh, both were both were a bit tentative. Like it wasn't just just him. Maybe that played into it. Both were a bit tentative in the first round, which led to a really close round. And you know, it looked after the second round that like you know he has you know it, the tide is maybe turning a little bit against him uh, against Sheehan, but yeah, he definitely kind of loosened up in the third round. And you know, I thought clearly won that round. And obviously those that control with the with the grip behind the arm behind the back and those shots to the body and uh the grappling and domination was enough to win that but yeah i i thought like you know at the start there was a bit of maybe uh a bit too tentative tentative and a bit too uh unwilling to let yeah. the shots go but as the fight went on he, he obviously uh kind of grew into the fight yeah i think i i think he is trying to be like a very good straight up technical fighter and he's achieving that yeah. but it, that's you think if he mixed in a couple of even takedown attempts even if he doesn't get them in the first in the first round you know it was, it, just to yeah, yeah. I don't know. it's just something we're seeing an awful lot recently and it's like lads not going for their initial game plan initial is the wrong word not okay lads not going for game plan a at the very start of the fight and kind of having a close round and then going for it in like maybe the second or third. Now, I'm not sure which guy did that here necessarily, but if you look at the third round, the takedown from James Sheehan was there and it was very, very effective, you know, and are the, not even necessarily the takedown, but the, the pressure on top and that part of his game. It, I really, look, it looked to me like a guy who won a fight while still learning, you know, while still on his way up, while not being the finished product at all. And how could you be, I suppose, so what, eight, eight fights into your career? But still, still, to beat someone like Jamie Richardson at that stage of your career, uh, I think it's, I think it's very, very good. It's very promising, like, because y- you can't help but look at James Sheehan I think it was actually five years ago since he had his debut. It doesn't feel like it's that long. Uh, but you look at him then and you look at him now and the, 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 the 
cause, I suppose, of him, the uh, his ability, but also his comfort to doing it is uh, it has improved so much. It's really, really good, and, and a credit again, like to his team and a team Rhino and, and all the you know, Siri and and um. Reds are and everyone his brother Graham they do, a, they do a fantastic job and obviously Andy Ryan as well yeah. um, oh, so definitely it was a great win like you know, I'm not saying that but you know it was a, de- a step up against an experienced guy that was uh, Jamie Richardson's 18th or 19th fight so you know obviously he's he's been in there with some good guys like Matthew Bonner and, and Ian Gary but they were kind of at the start of their careers when he when he went in there and he kind of took a step uh, she kind of took a step down after that and uh, improved a lot uh, in between fights as we mentioned but uh you know obviously when you when you make a step up against a more experienced guy maybe that, that made him a bit more wary of of letting his game go and as i said he kind of grew into the fight and it's, it's perfect because you, you get the win you keep it you keep your streak going and you uh obviously in a co-main event for the first time and and you uh also have loads of things you can go back to the gym and work on and implement for your next fight and we, as I said on the podcast last week, he's, we've seen him improve massively in between fights, even in short periods. And you know, I think there's a lot that he that he still has to improve on, obviously. And uh, he's still early in his career, as you said. But uh, yeah, I think you know, really another really good performance from him, another really good win. He's he's you know after a, kind of a bit of a rocky start to his to his uh, pro career, you know, uh, you kind of people aren't really paying attention to you and you kind of fly under the radar a bit, but now he's definitely massively on the radar and, you know, people will be wanting to to see what he does next and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be trying to get into a fight with him. 100%, yeah. So, like, we have the uh, interim title fight coming up next week and then, obviously, Reese McKee is there as well. So, you know, he's probably... Let, let's say if we have that interim title fight, the winner of that fight's Reese McKee, you know, if he has one more fight, uh, he's probably... I don't want to like. I don't like when Irish guys fight each other ever. Really, to be honest, outside yeah. of like the UFC. But in this case, I think it's better for uh, James to maybe play a little bit slower than jumping into a title shot against Reese McKee. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I might be the right way to go, but we'll uh, we'll see anyway. Uh, the next two fights in Lee Chadwick versus Matessis Bogowskis and Xavier Cedras against uh, Mehdi Ben Lachter. You know, not not too classic. So I wouldn't say we're not going to spend too long looking at them. What I would say is two good wins for two lads coming back from injuries. Uh, you know, um, Chadwick could have won that fight. It was a very very close fight. That third round was close, but you know Bogowskis won it and Ben Lachter. You know, Xavier Cedras have only have one fight in the last six years. Did uh, did very very well. So look, we'll probably see Medi pretty close to the uh, the title talk, I suppose. After this, and for Bukowskis, they don't really have a two or five pound division right now. So we will we'll probably you know see Cage or maybe sign someone up just to fight him, and uh, we'll see where he goes from there. But yeah, fair play to the two of them boys coming back. Uh, and but to open up the main card, we had Kalen Lochran versus Luke Shanks, and I'll tell you what. If there was anyone out there doubting Kane Knocker, they won't be fucking doubting him now. What a what a great performance here! Um, I I questioned whether he'd have to kind of change his game to f- beat the likes of Luke Shanks and to improve into championship material in cage warriors or to go to the UFC or whatever it might be. And that question has been answered here in that he doesn't have to fucking change it because he fought with his static 
in the middle of the cage, low striking game, and he dominated this fight when it looked really, really good. Still at times, it looks like he's like wide open to get punched, but somehow he doesn't. Um, and, and he just yeah. he looked, he looked. I was so thinking good. that during the fight. I'm like, is it, his head is actually massive as well. Like, so it's a bigger target to hit. <laughs> He'll kill you. He'll kill you. <laughs> maybe a little bit more uh, head movement work as he goes up the the levels, but you know, for the performance on the night, he was absolutely brilliant. You know, Luke Shanks, we've talked about him before and the level of opponents he's been in there with and the, some of the wins on his record. And, you know, this is definitely, a, was another step up for, uh, for Galen. And he, he passed the test with flying colors again. Um, you know, that's, that's three wins uh, in quick succession in, in cage warriors, really impressively all finishes, you know, he doesn't seem to want to take the slow road. He's very confident in himself. You know, uh, Luke Shanks is a really big win in the division. There's no really, not much turning back after that. You're in the, the kind of upper echelon of the Cage Warriors division and uh, title picture after a win over Luke Shanks in such an impressive uh, fashion. So it's kind of hard to stop the train at this stage. I don't think you. I don't think you need to stop it either. Like if you beat Luke Shanks, yeah. Usually, right usually, there. like at seven and zero after kind of you know, only really having, uh, you know, three or four high level fights. You know, fighting guys with negative records at the very start of your career. Fair enough. Like you know, you're getting a payday. You're getting experience, and he, like he, you know, he had some good wins at amateur as well against guys who had a lot of fights as well. So it wasn't as if he he, he just done that. Uh, Throughout his, throughout his amateur career or sort of his pro career. So, yeah, people criticize him about that in the past, but, you know, it's very hard to criticize him now. You know, you, you, you may not like him. Uh, some people seem to not like him or whatever, but uh, maybe that's because he's brash and confident and kind of says what he thinks. And, you know, that rubs some people the wrong way. But as long as you're going out there and putting performances on like that, and people can't really say much. And, you know, the title... Obviously, it would be uh, the title shot next would be what he'd want, but you know, it's it's hard to deny him. You know, he, Cage Warriors are they going to put on that Irish show if they are a title shot on it? That would make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Hopefully, they, they will put it on, but you, you never know. I I'd really like the the, the way Kellen Lockwood talks and fights. It just feels like yeah, no, I do too. But you know yeah, that kind of brash like attitude that, yeah. does kind of rub some people the wrong way. As we bought no grammar. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, <laughs> it's an Irish thing. It is an you, Irish don't, thing. you don't understand if you live here. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say the big Northern head in him as well. There, <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he's uh, a bit of a Harry Maguire head on him. Jesus, no. <laughs> oh, oh come on, take that. Oh, sorry, I'll that. take that back. That's way too far. Sorry, <laughs> I went sorry, that was way too far. I apologize. He, he also walked out the fucking Uwa up the Ra, which was like hilarious <laughs> but like also like oh is he gonna get in trouble so he's like are the mainstream media gonna get the fucking uh, gonna get winded out of them they probably nah, won't they, they, they refuse care, to so. pay any attention to it so. yeah it'd be grand it'd be grand um, but look the performance was really good he spoke to Ian during the week I like I love watching these interviews they're absolutely fantastic and Ian did a great job with it uh, over on the Severe May YouTube and he was talking about and it's interesting because you've talked about this before as well but being backstage and just looking around and seeing everyone is kind of nervous and you're just there kind of uh, and you have ease and everyone else is the weight of the world on his shoulder and he was kind of saying that that's what separates me from everyone else and his performances kind of show that because you come in and look at him and he's like just landing straight right down the middle fighting out of his stance immediately you know he had Luke Shanks back for most of the round all those rear naked choked him and then he rubbed his hair at the end of round one and I'm like this guy does not give a single solitary fuck 
He really doesn't. He just really doesn't. Came out in the second, dominated again. Uh, almost. Uh, Shanks almost got the guillotine, though, actually. So he didn't completely dominate. Shanks almost had him, but Shanks stayed, or, or um, Ken Lochran stayed uh, composed and um, uh, got out of it fairly quickly and, and got back on top then. And there was big, big ground and pound. Uh, the, the finish, I think, the angle that it was at. It looked like it was an early stoppage, and I was like, well, "What's going? Hold on, what's going on here?" But then they showed a second angle, and uh, it, it actually—it was so weird. I've never seen a, f- a fight stoppage look so different that it looked a good stoppage on the second angle because there was like five, six shots. Lockran throws his brown upon really weird, and do you know what it was? I think Graham, maybe you'll know this better than me because this is kind of your job. Were the microphones in the cage like off? I could like he was throwing loads of shots, and it felt like he was barely throwing them because he couldn't hear them. Like I couldn't hear the shots being landed. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know what the acoustics were like because Brad on the commentary was saying this is the loudest atmosphere or the, the craziest atmosphere or something along those lines. In my ten plus years of cage warriors, but you couldn't really, you know, you could hear it was loud, but you couldn't really pick it up that well on the on the broadcast. And you know, sometimes it's hard to get it, get it over. But yeah, I think. The production, as I mentioned earlier on the on the whole show, just just wasn't great. I don't think, and I, I don't know what was going on there. Some, somebody somebody knew or something. I don't know what's going on, but you know, uh, we kind of get used to you know. You don't really notice it when it's when it's really good. You you just get used to it. Uh, the production being really really good, and when it isn't. Uh, you know, that's when he noticed it. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what was going on there, but I think yeah, it could have been a factor. Yeah, nevertheless, though, a very, very good win uh, for Ken Lochran, and he moves on like he he's going to have to get a big name towards the top of that division. Is it going to be a title shot? I don't know what it's going to be, but he's going to have to get uh, a big name there next, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. So uh, if, you haven't, if you're haven't, if you an Irish MMA fan, you maybe didn't watch this card or something, and let's say Paul Hughes is, is going to the UFC, Ken Lochran is the guy. He is the next guy coming up from, from Ireland to watch, and obviously we have, you know, Reese and, and many others as well, but he is uh, he's the guy. Uh, very good performance. Uh, the prelims then, really, really great night for Team KF here. Um, with the two Shelley brothers and James Webb getting the win first of all on James Webb uh, just a much higher pace for him he looked in phenomenal condition he's like a, like a fucking 12 pack uh, I've never seen James Webb and looking in uh, this sort of condition uh, he almost got the arm triangle in round two but went on uh, and, uh, and won the decision um, very very good performance from him Ryan Shelley you know dominated uh, against Josh Reed. Reed tried to wrestle early, but Shelley stayed very, very calm. Uh, there was a bit of striking. Reed went fight, kind of for a takedown. Again, calm from Shelley, but he got on top, got the back, rear naked choke, choked out Josh Reed in the first round. You know, for a guy who is known as, I suppose, a, a stand-up fighter, a taekwondo guy. I really love the two Shelley brothers, their transitions. Uh, I think uh, Ryan Shelley's even even better than, than Adam, uh, with all due respect to the ball lads. I, I love his transitions. I love his ability to kind of stop the takedown and land on top and he did that a couple of times here very very good and then yeah yeah uh, you're talking to the Shelley brothers there I think you're right Ryan's jiu-jitsu and grappling looks more developed I think Adam looked a little bit unsure Uh, there was a couple of times where he could have put the hooks in maybe and taken the back but he just kind of hesitated or didn't want to do it 
but uh, obviously, you know, these guys are strikers and they're still developing their their grappling game. But Ryan showed great confidence in his all round game. You know, sometimes when you're a striker and you're you're coming in trying to learn grappling and you're in against the the kind of most experienced, most kind of high level guy you fought in your career and Josh Reed, it's easy to kind of okay, I'm going to keep the strike and I'm not going to get involved in these grappling exchanges. But he showed great confidence in his ability and you know it paid off because obviously he got the rear naked choke and he he made it look easy. He, you know, you wouldn't know that you know. He hadn't been he hadn't been grappling until a few years ago. A hundred percent, yeah, and it was a very good performance. And uh, you know, he moves on in that division as well. A very close fight, obviously, the last time, but stays undefeated and and gets uh, uh, you know gets I suppose up towards the title there as well. And then Adam Shelley, as you said, a bit scrappy, um, kind of a lot of holding each other against the cage. El Hadji and I, not great, as you said, Graham. I was thinking about Jesus. you said as well. El Hadji, like yeah. he just like he got a couple of takedowns, but he just ref- he didn't do anything with mm-hmm. them. Uh, and then at the very end of the fight. <laughs> Uh, then like four he shots threw, he, threw three, he threw three or four strikes but only one of them actually landed before the belt but two or three of them landed after the fucking fight it was like Jesus mate where was this during the fight yeah, if, he, if he'd done that during the fight he might have won like, yeah, yeah, these are close enough rounds like yeah. he, he had a, like a little bit of ground about here and there a couple of shots but he just didn't uh, oh. Yeah, but uh, obviously uh, Adam Shelley is, uh, you know, uh, as I mentioned there, he's, he's still developing as a fighter, but it's, it's a good win, an important win for him. He climbs to three and two now, and, you know, uh, he he landed some nice elbows, and obviously he's a very good striker as well. You could see on the feet that uh, he had a massive advantage, and, uh, yeah, as he, as he gains confidence and as his all-round game develops like his brother, I'm sure... I'm sure he'll step up the levels and be interesting to see where both of them go. But uh, yeah, it was good for both of them to get the win on the same card. You know, if your brother goes out there on the first fight of the night and loses, it might affect you a bit. when when you're fighting later against Josh Reed, you know your 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 mental state probably isn't isn't as uh, as good as when your brother's gone out there and got a good win. So that's true. That's true. Great great night for the Shelley brothers. Yeah, and good as you said, good get to be, get back to winning ways. But um, yeah, uh, look, it was a great night for Team KF. A great night at the top of the card, I suppose, for FAI. But on the undercard, they had uh, a couple of losses. Obviously, the one with James Webb with Paddy McCurry. But you know, he made a good account of himself on his third fight into his career. A lot of people were you know writing off James Webb. I suppose going into that. And, you know, McCurry, I, I think a lot of people are saying as well, like, if this fight happened in two or three years... I don't know what people were writing off. Uh, people were saying, oh, I think it's going to be more close than I you may look yeah. at the records and look at the kind of uh, level of Still, opponents. Still, no, that's a bit disrespectful at the same time to a guy who's 13, 14 fights into his career fighting a guy with only two fights, you know? Um, you know, if people are looking at it, oh, why is a you know a former champ or experienced top level guy in the promotion fighting a guy who's two and out? But we were kind of like people were, I think, more saying, yeah, you know, oh, this is this is not a, as lopsided as you may look at the topology or the sure dog records and and think. It was Sean Otis as well. So, like, to be fair, he was yeah. supposed to fight. And McCurry did have his moments as he well. He did, he did, yeah, he did. Especially in the third round, like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, very, uh, look, definitely still a good prospect, as is uh, Sean McCormick, who took on uh, my guy, Oban Elliott, who, who put on uh, a very good performance, a lot of wrestling, this was the type of fight I think for Oban he just kind of had to get the win here it was up at middleweight he's not going to be fighting the middleweight um, I think there's probably more chance of him dropping back down to lightweight than there is of going up the middleweight again especially if he gets to the UFC but he's 7-2 and two now he's another guy that can't be far away from Thailand you know what Graham a little bit of matchmaking here how about it? how about Oban Elliott versus James Sheehan how about that a welterweight yeah definitely definitely Let's makes sense it. you know Let's it lines up both of them don't seem to have you know didn't pin pick up a too many injuries or getting cost or anything like that. So the, the timeline lines up and 
makes a lot of sense to me. Let's do it. I must tweet that out now before anyone else robs it for that. That'll be a, that'll it's be a tough fight for, for James as well. You know, Owen yeah. looked really good again. He's he's very well rounded and, you know, uh, it's no easy fight for either guy. And it's very definitely a very interesting one. And we really would really get to see where, where both guys are. Yeah, 100%. Um, the other fight didn't, uh, arguably, maybe not fight at night, but a very, very good fight and a very good performance from Harry Hardwick, who beat Steve Amiable. A bit of showboat in here where he maybe could have finished or the fight. Cring- cringy, cringy, or I don't yeah. know, is that just me? Or no, he I agree was trying too yeah. hard. With, uh, he did it once, so I was like, all right, fair enough. And then he started doing it again with the hands behind the back, and it's like, ah, oh, mate. Brad was even kind of taking the piss out of him in the commentary. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, look, a very, very good fight. And I think the best performance of um, of Harry Hardwick's career that I've seen, you know, he's kind of, uh, not not to go full Sean Grandy here or anything, but he was kind of living in the shadow of his brother, I suppose, for a while there recently after he he became the champion. Yeah. But he could and amiable, be, like, you know, at the start of the first round, he was landing a few shots. It looked like he was landing some some pretty powerful shots, but Harry Hardwick just kind of overwhelmed him and took over the fight. He, he, like he, he overcame a little bit of adversity there, but then in the end, amiable showed kind of great determination or great will to to not get put away. He was in a lot of trouble a lot of times. And, you know, as you might kind of hinted at there, maybe if he had have uh, not been playing up to the crowd or showboating or whatever, uh, he may have been able to get the finish at a couple of stages. But, yeah, Amy Bell didn't want to go away, so so maybe he wouldn't have. But uh, yeah, going forward, you, you don't want to... You want to you want to make sure of these fights. You want to show no mercy. You don't want to be messing around uh, to the crowd. But besides that, really, really good performance from Harry Hardwick. Indeed, 100%. Uh, right, let's move on. Look, as I said, if you want to hear about the UFC, we are uh, not doing that this week. Head on over to the Q&A or the, the takeaways, which will be out uh, for free for everyone on Thursday. Harry and Spencer are going to go through that. Um but we're going to look ahead to next week's UFC. Next week's um, Cage Warriors, first of all. Cage Warriors 146 that we're on, Cage Warriors. Um, I'll have a preview coming out for this over in Sherdog, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it more. But a lot of very, very, very good prospects for this. Let me just run through a few on the way up. Um, Adam Cullen and Luke Riley bought out of Paddy um, Pimblet's gym, Next Generation over in Liverpool. Cullen 5 and all, Luke Riley 4 and all. I, I think Luke Riley is very, very good. Um, so keep definitely keep an eye out for both of them. Adim Aaron Aby as well, uh, 125. Great, great story he has coming, you know, through his illness to, to, to Sylvia, a really good professional fighter. He's fighting Stipe Beric. James Hinden is on the card, who's always there or thereabouts. Uh, you know, in the, in the title picture, he's only he's six and two, and his two losses were to Hughes and Vucinic. So he, you know, he can't be too far away, especially if one or both of them goes to. Uh, uh, goes to the UFC. Same can be said for Samuel Bark. He beat Tobias Harilla, if people don't remember, last time out, who everyone was talking about as the next title contender. So if he wins that against Shoaib Yusuf, he could be on his way uh, up there as well towards that. I, everyone knows I'm a massive fan of Manny Akpan. He's fighting Dean Truman. Big step up there at 145. That's a great, great fight altogether. I love that. Lucas Capera, who fought the champ at 155 last time out. He's fighting Aaron Johnson. This time as well, Adam Wilson versus Reese McEwen, a few more fights as well on it. But the top two fights, uh, the uh, 185-pound middleweight title is on the line in the main event. The 170-pound interim welterweight championship, um, which Reese McKee holds the full belt of, is on the line in the co-main event. And that's Jimmy Wallhead against Matthias Figlak. Graham, what do you think of that fight? Wallhead, obviously, I suppose the old head, Figlak, 7-1. and one. Now his brother's in the UFC. Feels like it's kind of his time to take that next step, but it's not going to be be that easy against judo jimmy 
Yeah, you know, Jimmy's a really experienced guy. He's fought all over the all over the place against everybody for you know, how long has he been fighting for? Since 2005, that's a long time to be in the game. He's he's 38, you know. It's kind of old for MMA, but in terms of his uh, his fights and how many wars he's been in, I, I'd say he's a lot older than that. So, yeah, he's he's definitely a really experienced guy, and he knows all the tricks. But he has a lot of the wear and tear, and it it seems to me like you know Figlak's kind of the next generation, and it, it seems like it's his time to go out there and and, and you know beat Jimmy Wallhead for the for the interim championship uh, and kind of propel himself into the into the UFC kind of talk and things like that. But yeah, Jimmy Wallhead, it's kind of his last chance. So he, he'll he want this a lot as well. But it's an interesting fight. It'll, it'll show it'll show us where Ficklack is. I expect him to go out there and get it done. But I wouldn't be too surprised if Jimmy Wallhead makes this a really difficult fight for him. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. I, I would pick Figlak to win, but I think Wallhead will make it tough. He's, he is very, very tough, and Figlak will, uh, I think he'll need to bring it all to win that fight. Um, didn't the main event, Christian Ira Duncan against Marion Dimitrov. I've, I went and watched a bit of Dimitrov. Um, this is his cage where his debut, but Ian Dean does this, you know. I, I remember I asked Ian Dean before, why don't you have uh, rankings? And he was like, you know, people, and he gave, uh, you know, an answer, I suppose, people come and go from Cage Warriors all the time and sign for UFC, so it's very hard. And I was like, okay, fair enough. And not, not even ranking, sorry, just a roster. And he was like, I, it'd be very hard for me to just bring in guys from nowhere and give them a title shot, didn't I? was like, well, that's true too. Gotta give Ian Dean even more work to do. You <laughs> <laughs> know, yeah, but. Uh, uh, Dimitrov, look, he did it with Matthias uh, Frederick against James Webb, and he's doing it again now at 185. Dimitrov is very good. He hits hard, he can wrestle. A lot of his fights in a cage are in a in a ring, sorry. So it'll be interesting to see how he fights in a cage. And I'm sure he has fought too many cages, but all the fights I saw him were, were in the ring. Um, and he's fighting Christian Rilai Duncan, who, you know, one of the top prospects in cage wars at the moment. It's hard to believe he's only 6 and 0. He looks so good recently. Yeah, about well, 20. Two twenty-three fights at amateur. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, uh, seven, seventeen wins, five losses. Yeah. So a lot of experience. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of experience outside of his pro career. Yeah, hundred percent, and a very, very good fighter too. So, I'm um, looking forward to uh, to seeing that. I'd probably pick Christian Leroy Duncan to, to win that, but it's it's a big test uh, against Marion Dimitrov there uh, in that one. Uh, before uh, you know, UFC two eight one as well next week. But just quickly before that, Cage Warrior seventy six as well. Our guy Sean Dini will have a preview out in that. But uh, there is uh, the interim... Cage Warrior 76. Sorry, uh, KSW. <laughs> Can I say Cage Warrior? I can't talk. KSW, uh, Sebastian Rakowski, I probably pronounced that wrong, against Saladin Parnas in the main event. Very, very good. Tom Breeze is on the card against Paul Pawlak. Uh, and our very own Henry Fedipa is on the card as well against Alex... Omzinowski, whose name I fucked up there because I don't have Sean Denise pronunciations, which he sends to me uh, here as well. So very, very interesting card there, and I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Adrian Bartikovsky is also on that 12-0 Uber prospect coming up at Welterweight. He could be next in line for the belt vacated by Saldish if he wins that. So uh, interesting, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the Chasing Pack. And actually, we're going to have Sean Denny on the next episode of the Chasing Pack as well for an Eastern European segment. So look out for that. Sean, he does absolutely great work. Work, along with uh, with Ian and, and Andy and, and Harry and the rest of the lads for Severe May as well so fair play to everyone there right Graham UFC 281 finally let's talk about it here for the next 10 minutes so we will obviously have the big preview coming out during the week um, 
Harry Will, Harry Williams, Harry Powell, one of the best guys in the world at breaking down these cards, along with uh, Ian, who does a fantastic job hosting and breaking down himself, as well as Spencer, who tells the stories very well. And sometimes I jump in as well. So check that out in our YouTube channel on uh, on Thursday evening. It usually comes out. So two title fights here. Graham middleweight title and 115 pound title probably the two most boring champions in the UFC at the moment uh, in, in those two title fights Alex Pereira versus uh, Israel Adesanya are you buying the Wolf tickets Graham is it going to be a good fight is it going to be exciting or is it going to be another Adesanya bore fest um, it's probably going to be yeah it's probably not going to be very exciting but there is you know if Adesanya is to win it's probably not going to be very exciting but there is um, a small chance uh, higher than anybody else. I think he's he's fought in the UFC chance that he gets knocked out here. You know, uh, having been knocked out before by this guy is a is a mental thing. I know it's a different sport, but you know, it's uh, it's definitely going to play on your mind. And they've lost to him as well by decision, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is also, you know, he's been in there before with this guy. He's not exactly a wrestler, Adesanya, but you know, he definitely is a much more well-rounded martial uh, mixed martial artist, and should have uh, more than enough here to win in kind of undesirable fashion for the fans and for piss Dana White off. But if he does that, that's probably his best way to win, and he's not really afraid of uh, you know getting booed or pissing people off as long as he goes out there and wins. That's obviously the main thing. And, you know, I don't think he's too worried about going out there and making this a firefight and giving the fans what they want. But obviously that's what uh, Alex is going out there trying to do. So, uh, you know, every round starts on the feet and um, uh, Adesanya is going to, you know, is going to strike with him, you know. He's not going to. He's not going to go out there and suddenly become a really good d- double legger or single legger or trip artist. You know, he's not going to. He's not going to completely change up his game because this guy's a kickboxer. You know. Uh, who, who are you talking about? There, you talking about think... Pereira or Adesanya? <laughs> I think Adesanya yeah. could wrestle. I've, I think it's a very high possibility. He, he might mix it in, but I don't think he's going to go out there and just try to wrestle him. He's, there's going to be striking exchanges. You know, it's not going to be Alex. Bay in an Adesanya in fight, and, striking exchanges. Yeah, come Jesus, on. That's, that'd in all seriousness, like there is going to be uh, opportunities for for uh, things to go wrong here for Adesanya. But yeah, uh, obviously I think Adesanya is the, is the favorite here and he sh- should win it. And, you know, if he does kind of fight the way people don't want him to fight, it's probably the best way to go. And it's probably the, the easiest route to victory for him. But yeah, I, I think there's definitely a, a chance of him getting tagged here. And if he does, obviously that changes everything. And um, there is a few like kind of mental factors, as I mentioned, playing into it that could, that could impact the fight as well. So uh, you know, if somebody's shooting in for takedowns, they're not really used to doing that. He could catch a big knee or something as well. You know, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Like maybe, maybe you do. Uh, I'm not. I don't necessarily think it's a foregone conclusion, right? What I think here is, is there a chance that Alex Pereira in a fight with Israel Adesanya can come in and knock him out with a big shot? Yes, we look. We've seen that in a, in a kickboxing bout. Um, do you know who knows that? Israel Adesanya. And Israel Adesanya fights so safe in all his fights to avoid guys like Jared Cannonier that he'll put on like a really boring fight. You think he's going to go in and have any exchanges with Alex Pereira knowing he has the power to knock him out? Not a hope. Like, there's no way that... But he's going to have to if he's going to win the fight. He's going he? to have to... He's going to have to throw punches or kicks. Does he? Did you watch the Yon Romero fight? Ah, come on. In all seriousness, I know he didn't... No, like, he don't, I'm deadly serious. Like, he, that 
is Israel Adesanya is game over? You have to step in and like take at least some risk at some stage. Tell that, tell that to Izzy, Graham. You okay, watch these okay, fights, okay. but he don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm actually not joking. Like he's, you're, you're, I know what you're saying, but you're going a bit over the top. Yeah. I don't think I am. Like I, I genuinely don't think I'm. Like he kicks the leg from the outside and throws a few safe jabs on the outside and doesn't do anything. Like, and do you know what? Are, are there safe jobs against Alex Pereira here? Maybe. But did, did, uh, now, to, to play a devil's advocate to my own point, um, I actually think he should fight like that against Pereira. Like, he should fight like that against Joel Romero as well. It's the Marvin Vittori fights, the the Jared Cannonier fights that I have the problem with when he fights like that because, like, there's so much more in there and he's just, like, putting on these boring displays and he's telling everyone he's this fucking killer and he's going to, you know, be the biggest star in the world. You're not going to be a star fighting like that against Cannonier. Now, against Pereira, no problem if you want to kickbox with him and stay on the outside and kick the knee you know 48 times and win 50 45 and everyone you know everyone boos you out of the building no problem because like i'm not going in there advocating for a guy getting knocked out or putting his body on the line like it's not a similar thing years ago with gsp where he like you know he took the safest route and was in boring fights because he didn't want to take damage to the head and people were saying it was smart and now with adesanya it's just fucking boring i know some some, some people were calling gsp boring but so gsp was like you know widely applauded and celebrated most of his career as gsp had the canada thing as well behind him though like he had like it's different for well not necessarily McGregor because there's you know everyone in, in America thinks they're Irish but for Adesanya he doesn't have like a pay-per-view buying country but well maybe they do buy pay-per-views but like a North American pay-per-view buying country behind him which McGregor kind of had with America and obviously the Irish fans going over to for the for the in-crowd thing and GSP obviously had Canada as well and became a massive star there like Adesanya doesn't have that to back up like if Adesanya fights badly people will get on his back if McGregor fights badly badly and wins a fight, everyone will be, yeah, McGregor's the best in the world. If GSP fights badly and wins a fight, yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's maybe, maybe it's also, maybe GSP was lucky that Twitter didn't exist for most sure. of his, sure, yeah. <laughs> or wasn't really like that popular. Me. He probably would have been absolutely fucking slaughtered. Yeah, it's, uh, like, it's just because I think he's so good. You know, I, I'm not sad, I'm disappointed <laughs> with his age. You know, that's what it is. So. But uh, look, I hope it's a great fight. I just, I've been hurt too many times, Graham. I, I, I can't get excited for another Adesanya fight. Uh, I actually think, you know, I, you, you, maybe people thought I was joking about saying Adesanya taking the fight to the ground. If I think he does. I actually think there's like, you know... 30% possibility maybe that that happens and I think that could actually make the fight way more exciting because Adesanya probably has um, uh, probably has the advantage on the ground and maybe he could submit him Andrew McGanza was talking about Adesanya's ability on the ground being very good maybe it'd be a Francis Ngannou versus Silganya type of fight where you know he turns into NC double Adesanya if we want to call him that and uh, and wins a fight like that so I would, that actually impressed me a lot and I'd be, there'd be no giving out to me if he did that so let's see let's see anyway uh, the the rest of the card is is okay. Esparza versus Zhang Weili. Anyway, Esparza wins that. Sh- like surely Zhang Weili is just gonna pounce oh. forward, land a lot of big shots, and win that fight. It's hard to see. Yeah, and if she just play plays it smart, it's her fight to lose. You know, Esparza is just gonna wait and hope she can get some kind of takedown and, and just do enough to not get stood up. <laughs> you know, and you know what she's gonna do. She's been doing it for years. And surely, you know, uh, Yang will win here. Like, uh, I, I always pick against Sparza, and she, she, she's like, you know, made it to the top again. But I'm gonna have to pick against her again. Yeah, um, like Sparza can get takedowns. 
you know she 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 is a good wrestler she like if if Zhang as you said if she goes too mad and she goes too forward um there 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 definitely is a path to victory here for Carla Esparza you know five yeah. rounds of takedowns she can do it I don't think it'll look like the Rosalem Yunus fight I don't think it'll be an outside fight for five rounds here you know but uh, <laughs> it could be a different sort of boring fight but the sort of boring fight as well where you'd applaud Carla Esparza for uh, for winning a fight that way because that's her method of victory that's the way she can and like that's the difference between her and Adesanya as well myself and Ian actually have a podcast coming out about this later yeah, in the week like that. some people they get the most for themselves I think Carlos Vares is undoubtedly one of them I'm, don't, I'm not necessarily sure uh, Israel Adusanya is one of them but anyway we, I suppose we'll see but I, I fancy Zhang Wili there as well uh, is Poria versus Chandler a guaranteed banger? surely Graham Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think so. I think this is going to be a really good fight. There's a lot of a lot of jeopardy here. I'm very interested to see how it looks. Uh, you know, both guys are exciting, especially recently. You know, both guys are going to go for it on the feet. They're going to. It's going to be all action, like high paced. It's 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 going to be fun, and I don't think it's going to go. You know, it's only it's only three rounds. It's not five rounds, but I don't think it's going to go all three rounds. And I, you know, if it does, it'll probably be it'll probably be really exciting and really close and. An absolute war, but I, 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 no, I think somebody's going to fall in the first round here, or, or maybe early in the second. What do you reckon? That's interesting. I, I could see that as well. I, I don't think I've like actually. Chandler, Chandler just wants to make it a firefighter. He, like, he just wants to go in there and he's like, I'm going to take your head off, or you're going to take my head off. And I think Dustin Poirier is not going to back down from that. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. Like, I think the thing with Poirier, when he gets into those fights, there's like moments in it where I think he probably loses it at the start, but he's just, he's a very good guy for kind of regaining that, getting a second wind but having said that like 35 fights into his career now Dustin Poirier he's only 33 years of age you know he's still a babby but like you know Charles Oliveira was a tough fight the last time out he had the big emotion of the two McGregor fights it's uh, it's interesting because you look at Chandler right and let me just pull up Chandler's age here I assume he's older he is at 36 and he's had a lot of fights too you know 29 fights but it feels like he's kind of a new lease on life coming into the UFC and you know you said there about the way he kind of he wants to fight in every fight I think he does do that because like he he said you know and Bellator won't like this but like he was like oh people people just ask me what I did for a living and he goes oh, I'm, I'm an MMA fighter and they were like oh you're in the UFC and then you'd have to go no I'm in, I'm in Bellator so I think he no, wants no, to like do you not see Dave and Buster is that he walks in <laughs> And everybody's like, oh my god, it's fucking Michael Chandler, it's, the Bellator champion, man. Iron Michael Chandler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, it's, uh, I, Michael uh, Chandler. Michael yeah. Chandler. I think he, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do think he wants to like leave a legacy for himself in the UFC. Will beating Dan Hooker and Tony Ferguson be enough for that? I, I don't necessarily think so. I think he needs to win this fight. I think this is a massive fight for Michael Chandler and uh, I think if he if he does win it, the UFC love Michael Chandler. I think they're paying him a lot. I think they'll probably push him towards the top again. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a big fight for both of them to be pushed towards the top because I'm yeah. sure they're both ranked highly, but yeah. I think, I I think he's going to leave a legacy either way if he goes in with the, with the kind of <laughs> attitude he's gone True. in so far in his UFC career. Like Dana White loves that stuff. Fans love that stuff. He can... You can be forgiven a few a few losses here and there. You know, you can be paid a little bit extra money if you're going in there and putting on banger fights and making Dana White excited. So it's probably a good plan for Michael Chandler. You know, you're, going, you're looking at that division and thinking, there's a lot of good guys in here. Maybe I can beat them. Maybe I can't. But if I go in there and put on absolute bangers, then, you know, they'll keep me around. Mm, yeah, it's a good plan until you lose three in a row and you're finding yourself back in fucking Bellator, you know? 
I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think he's 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 at a level that he you know that if he's losing three in a row, it's going to be a very very good competition and. Uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't see the UFC cutting them anytime soon. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, f- do you know what? We're going to talk about Frank Edgar next week because uh, don't don't undersell like, like the biggest the biggest uh, narrative or storyline on the card. Can Frank Edgar earn another deserved title shot? <laughs> <laughs> I nearly made that joke the other day at one forty five, but the fact he's at one thirty five is gone. It's like who's going to fight for the interim title? Oh, it has to Arnold Allen, Josh Emmett. No, it's going to be Frank Edgar. <laughs> Frank Edgar gets fucking Jose Aldo again, but no, he's fighting Chris Gutierrez here and. Do you know what? I don't really want to talk about this fight. It'll just depress me because I like I feel like I, I wonder the people um, appreciate my talk about Frank Edgar from a few years ago. Now I, I wonder do they or do they you know do they still call me a a, a prick or like no, uh, you're you know? you're wrong then you're you might be right now but you're wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was right. The he, went whole on, time. he went on to earn title shots, Sean. Look at the history books. He went on to prove me right. Oh, he didn't go on to prove me right, but like, yeah, I don't know. Look, we'll talk about it next week anyway with Frankie because it's one way or another, it's going to be, um, you know, something is going to happen. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the rest of the card is, is pretty good. Uh, why did I say Dan Hughes? Who's Dan Hughes? Uh, Dan Hooker against Claudio Puelas. Hinata Mikano against Brad Riel. Let's go fight. Dominic Reyes uh, against Ryan Spann. It's a banger. Ryan Spann hits pretty hard. Can he knock out Dominic Reyes? You know, if Dominic Reyes doesn't win that, he'd probably be winning the million pounds in PFL next year, which is like, I'd be throwing that fight if I was <laughs> better off outside in PFL doing that. It would be a bit of crack. Oh, Meatball Molly's on this card as well against Aaron Blanchfield. That's a tough very fight. Very difficult matchup. Very tough difficult fight. matchup for her. Yeah, like, this, this would be a huge win for Molly McCann. Like she's, you know, she's obviously improved a lot recently and is on a three-fight win streak and, you know, Spinning back elbow knockout, spinning elbow and punches knockout. She's she's definitely kind of coming to her own, and she's definitely uh, you know getting attention outside of um, the cage and doing media and doing very well for herself. And if she can go out there and, and beat Aaron Blanchfield, then she's she's definitely you know put herself in the in the in the title talk. But this is just just a big step up. Uh, this is a very difficult matchup for. Her she's going to have to make this dirty if she's going to win this fight. And, you know, if she, like that's kind of her style, like, you know, but she's, she's, she's going to have to really uh, uh, implement her game plan really effectively here. Yeah. Uh, this is a really difficult fight for her, I think. Indeed. Um, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Um, so, yeah, look, pretty good card there. Kalina Kovalkiewicz on it as well, uh, and a few more. So, obviously, as I said, we'll, we'll be breaking it down in greater detail later in the week. Um, right, we'll leave it at that. Uh, actually, one last thing that we go. You know, we, we often talk about, like, the, the business of MMA here the odd time and, and the business of the wider world, I suppose. And just quickly, the uh, the Anderson Silva bout from last week, Graham, did you hear about the, the pay-per-view buy numbers they're in? Uh, his opponent said... No, no. What his, were Opponent said they did between two hundred thousand and three hundred thousand, right? Which in itself is pretty pretty low. Uh, Dave Meltzer, I listened to these podcasts the other day. Uh, sorry, before you go on, how much yeah. was the pay per view to pay? How much did it cost? Uh, I'm not sure actually. Um, I th- I think it was twenty quid on fight TV, uh, but maybe it was more in America. But I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I got a free one from fight, so I didn't pay for it. But um. So it was on uh, TV pay-per-view and fight over in America. Dave Meltzer said it did 30,000 on TV. 
Um, and yeah, and uh, he said it did like about half the numbers of what uh, Mr. Paul said it did. So, you know, somewhere between, you know, let's say 150,000 pay-per-view buys, which is... Uh, not great. So, uh, you know, we've talked before about Jake Paul being a busted flush, uh, despite do, everyone. Do we know the story? Where, like, is Anderson Silva on guaranteed money there? or is? I hope so, because on? if he's yeah. not, everyone giving out to me last week. Saying, Jake Paul's talking, money. oh, we're going to do a million boys and you're going to make all this money. And, yeah. you know, hopefully that's not what happens. You end up oh, I'm taking 10 bob. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hope he is on guaranteed money. That's all I'll say about it. But, yeah, I, I, the, the thing here as well on, on the MMA side of it, I wonder does it make Nathan Diaz think what's next? Because if he goes into this, it's going to be pay-per-view numbers that he's after. Right, he's gonna, Nate Diaz won't be doing anything for non, uh, non-guaranteed non money anyway. I'll yeah, but he, that much. I'm, I, 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 do you not think so? Do you not think he, Nate Diaz will like, try to back his own pay-per-view numbers and try to make money that way? Uh, I think unless he's getting a sizable, very sizable uh, upfront or turning up, turning up fee, uh, he won't be doing anything. Like obviously, he'll want pay per view buys on top. But Nate Diaz is a tough negotiator. You know, <laughs> we've seen it with the UFC. We've 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 seen he's willing to you know stick to what he believes he's worth. And uh, you know, he, he people may think from the way that he has uh, that he has better speak or that maybe they're a bit stupid or something. But in terms of like. The business yeah. of fighting, they've been, you know, a lot smarter than 99% of the fighters. Yeah. I think it's really his only option at the moment. I think he kind of has to do it. Uh, and I think it will happen. But, um, yeah, I don't think uh, they're making massive money off of that. Although the way the UFC paid, they're probably making I'm sure. I'm sure. The, is there not some bare knuckle oligarch promotion somewhere or something that he can make a load of money off? Maybe. Eagle FC seems to be gone now. Like, Eagle FC were doing loads of... Uh, uh, and also, I don't think Khabib would be signing Nathan Diaz, but, but, but anyway, uh, they were paying loads of money and they're kind of gone uh, as well. So may, maybe that's to do with the obviously the war and things. But uh, yeah, they're not just. It's funny, like people advocate all the time for like of likes of Nathan Diaz and, and Francis Ngannou to like leave the UFC. Like, where where are these options, lads, of people making a lot of money? I don't, I'm not sure they exist. I also think now you can just like forget about. Well, I'm sure Gregor the World Series of Fighting would love uh, Nate Diaz, but uh, I don't know how much a good move that would be for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, but we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this sort of thing, and uh, we will talk about it. I suppose moving forward again, the business of MMA is always one which is uh, interesting. You know, coming up as well. Like we're how far we can't be too far out. I suppose from the UFC renegotiating their uh, their TV deals, probably a couple of years. Um, WWE and AEW as well will have theirs as well. Uh, in terms of the, I suppose the um, the weekly uh, uh, entertainment, sports entertainment sort of thing. So. To keep an eye on all of them is a very wise thing to do, I suppose, if you're to keep an eye on the business of MMA. The Zone as well, the World Series of Fighting, or sorry, um, um, PFL signed with The Zone. That's something we're going to talk about on the Chasing Pack, obviously. But, you know, you know that's, the, the, having said all of this, it's becoming dearer and dearer to be a fucking consumer of, of MMA. Um, 
you need a VPN first of all if you want to watch Bellator you're going to have to pay for the zone if you want to watch PFL the UFC doing pay-per-views here now and forget about it if you're in America you're paying hand and fucking foot or in Canada and other places as well um, it's becoming very very near one championship as well they're charging pay-per-views and all of that so it's a it's a difficult and expensive time just BT is very sure, expensive yeah, at this stage you, you wouldn't really blame people for, for using streams would you? Ah, you wouldn't Graham you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't in fairness ah, sure. so. or or decent criminals you know criminal. uh, a bit of a bit of uh, a blue collar crime never hurt anyone is that blue collar crime is that the right one uh, that's fucking illegal it's fucking illegal indeed it is indeed Dana White <laughs> Dana White well, actually I'll put it into well I put it into this podcast now I want I put it into next week's podcast the Dana White uh, sting we have with him saying like um you uh, you hacked it, <laughs> you hacked into our website, and now you look like terrorists. He <laughs> said the website. Like it wasn't the website hacked in by like a thirteen-year-old, something, something like that. I yeah, can't even remember. Hilarious, absolutely hilarious. But anyway, we leave it there. Uh, we won't do our soccer chat this week, but we have an hour-long soccer chat with Ken Early. I know a lot of people know Ken, uh, obviously from the uh, Second Captains podcast, probably the biggest um, football podcast in the world, or one of them anyway. Uh, absolutely brilliant stuff out of Ken. We talked about. United. The, best, the best football podcast in the world. Anyway. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. They, they talk about um, GEA and everything as well. So if you're not signed up to that, definitely do that. But yeah, they, uh, they, don't, they don't talk about MMA, though. <laughs> no, not about MMA. Yeah, we asked them about that as well. And yeah, I, I, I was just looking to, to get myself booked on the podcast, Graham. To be honest, that's what I was asking. But uh, no, yeah, we, just, we talked about Haaland. We talked about uh, Liverpool's downfall and Man United winning the league and the World Cup as well. You know, so it's, it's, it's all brilliant. So check that out. And there's loads more stuff. Coming to Patreon as well over the next while. Uh, if you'd sign up there on patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast, hit the subscribe button here wherever you're listening to this. Our YouTube has absolutely grown massively. Some great work from all the lads over the last while. Thank you to everyone for supporting that and please continue to support it further. At severemed.com on Instagram, at severemedpod on Twitter, at severemedsgram, at Sean Sheehan BA is me. And you can find all of our good work right there. Thank you to everyone for listening. You're a great bunch of lads. And we let you go with Graham's quote for the week. Graham. I'll see you in heaven if you make the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see you next Sunday. Good luck. 